Hello, everybody. This is the Frank Ops Show. The worst name for a podcast ever. I am Francisco FJOGR, whatever you want to call me. You can find me on a bunch of things. I'm on Twitter. I'm on TikTok. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Twitch. Check out my other podcast, Sports Goofs. We're going to talk about deportes of all kinds. Baseball, basketball, hockey. Sometimes soccer, sometimes tennis, sometimes golf, sometimes cricket. Yeah, we, we, we've gone into cricket a few times. But yeah, that's that's what I'm about. And this is about another review for another video game. So let's let's get to it. Let's let's see what what do we have here today? Oh, it's Island Saver, Island Saver, which I have played. It was oh, this is this is quite a video game. It's been released for pretty much all the modern consoles that we know and love: the Nintendo Switch, the PlayStation Four, the Xbox One, and on PC. It was free to play. But they do have DLC expansions, so that's that's part of that. But the, the, the interesting thing is that this is a game published by the National Westminster Bank. Yes, a British bank has funded this video game developed by Stormcloud Games. It is a first-person, I guess it's a first-person shooter, I guess a first-person adventure, you would say. But it isn't first-person. Here's the description. A group of amazing islands need your help. Horrid plastic waste has washed up, and you need to sort it out with your trusty trash blaster. But look out for the litter bugs. They love mess, and they're trying to muck things up. So there's the premise for the video game. But the other premise is trying to save a bunch of animals and the environment. This is an environmentally conscious game. That is the message behind why Westminster Bank has done this. The National Westminster Bank has done this. So you are a, I would assume you're a human being that is dropped onto an island. There's there's several islands, but an island. And you're tasked with cleaning things up using your, your, your blaster, your trash blaster. So it's also a game that is developed, really, this is a children's game. This is a child's first-person shooter, which honestly is pretty unique in the realm of video games when you think about it. There aren't many first-person shooters that are aimed towards the younger audience. Usually FPSs go for a teen to adult crowd, while this one has stayed firmly within the realm of of children below teenage age. But I, as an adult, also enjoy this because I I love animals and I, I love doing good by the environment as I'm driving my car at this moment, which isn't really 
Uh, but, you know, I live in a state that really requires you to drive, unfortunately. But regardless, this game is environmentally conscious, and I I do I did enjoy this one. And I, I haven't bought all of the DLC, which I'm surprised by. I'm, I will buy the I think there's two more. I bought one of them, and I need to buy the other two. They're about five bucks each, and I think it's worth it for a total of fifteen bucks that you're gonna spend on a game that that really is gonna give you about seven hours of gameplay. So for a free game, this is pretty pretty lengthy in that sense. Pretty lengthy in that sense. If you if you buy the DLC and everything, you get seven hours, and I think that's good enough for for a weekend. It's good enough for children as well. It, it means that if the game doesn't overstay its welcome, and I think the the real issue for a child is probably getting used to the dual analog controls. I'm trying to remember whether there were motion controls in the Switch version, at least. But I am drawing a blank. Maybe, maybe. I, I usually, when, I, when it comes to my FPSs, I usually turn on the motion controls and in any shooter game. You know, Splatoon, Warframe, uh, anything that, require, that, that has it, I will turn on the option Doom. Uh, the, I, I played with the motion controls because I feel it's a little more immersive to me and it handles better. When you have that, just that, that slight accuracy that it does give you. Maybe not slight, maybe even grander than that. Regardless, this game controls like any typical FPS with a dual analog control. I'm sure on PC it has keyboard and mouse controls, which is, I guess, the most ideal. Although I, because I haven't gamed much on a PC... I'm not used to dual uh, keyboard and mouse, so I usually play FPSs with my controller if it is implemented on a PC. That's enough about me. What, what about the video game? What about this video game that, that intrigued me? Well, it, it's pretty darn colorful as far as the graphics are concerned. It's not the best thing in the world, but it's not the worst. There are a lot of worse games out there, especially free-to-play, that essentially look like they could have ran on a PS2. And when I mean a PS2, I'm talking about early-era PS2. So that's that's not really that big of a step above what, let's say, the Dreamcast was doing. Well, I mean, maybe even Dreamcast-level stuff with regards to models and textures. It, it just... Some games are unappealing, but this one... This one is not. This one has nice, colorful depth into it. You, you've got different animals in the game that you are trying to save of all kinds and in all different environments, which helps children learn about some of the animals. You, you got to feed some of them. You got to help them out there. You, the, the issue, well, not the issue, the, the point of the game is to bring life back, bring color and life back to the to the islands that you are saving by way of cleaning up the mess left by the trash and the plastic and the muck and the litter bugs that you do have to eliminate as well or else they will 
continuously trash the place up. So as you clean things up, as you feed some of the animals, they the animals will will gain color and, and you will you know, and the game has a nice log for you to check out all of the different animals that you have rescued along the way. Music, eh, it's generic music, I would say. Nothing truly memorable that I can remember at this point that I'm I'm, I'm doing this review, but nothing that I personally found annoying. Annoying. So once again, a seven-hour game, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It is free to play if you just want to get the base game and, and just play it with your kids or your, your younger siblings or family members. But even then, even as an adult, I say give it a shot. I mean, what, what's it going to hurt? What's what's five to seven hours going to hurt for you? Especially if you're an FPS aficionado. How about a palate cleanser, huh? Get away from the Call of Duties. Get away from the battlefields. Get away from the Rainbow Sixes. This is definitely a palate cleanse when, when compared to those video games. So, Island Saver just... Um, it is... I found, I found myself really getting into the game. And, and I think the mechanics are there to continuously add DLC. I think that's what they've done. I haven't checked lately, but I know there's about three other DLC packs that are there. And I bought one of them. I, 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 didn't, I did enjoy that. And I, I will probably get the next two. I do have the money to get the next two. So I probably will do that and play through those as well. Especially with kids around with my 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 niece and my nephew i could probably just sit down and be like hey let's, let's save some animals sit down and watch me rescue some i think there's there's some there's one pack that has dinosaurs in it which i'm surprised i didn't buy because i love dinosaurs and if you love dinosaurs then come on over and let's go down to the back to the past and save some dinosaurs or or you got the other one, which I think has fantastical animals. So some of the cryptids, you know, your, your unicorns and your griffins and things like that. So that's that's what the other pack has. You're saving some fantastical animals such as those. But I think the real story here is the fact that a bank is the one that bankrolled this game part of their initiative to bring light to the destructive power of, of plastics and, and just oil and, and just awfulness that destroys the environment and ruins habitats for animals. So the game does have a few mechanics that you do have to learn because it's not just about your trash blaster. You, you do need to collect a few things in this game. You need to collect trash, of course, and the trash, you need to recycle it. And by recycling the trash, you can earn money. And by earning money, you can get upgrades and things to your weaponry and your uh, things like that. So it is all about that trade-off there. And it's, it's a good game for children to learn about money and environmentalism. So that is part of the edutainment 
of this game. And I, I like the fact that this game... There, I guess there is some challenge. There is exploration as well. The, the level environments are pretty sizable. You do have to find a way through. You have to solve some puzzles. You have to find some keys to unlock different areas. So for the seven hours that you're going to play this game, it's really, really going to give, especially kids, their first real taste of maybe some video games at large or or at the very least at the very least FPSs uh, FPSs right there because a lot of kids this might be their first ever first person shooter and me, I'm, I'm a FPS noob for the most part. I don't play first-person shooter video games very often. My FPS history really comes down to the Metroid Prime series. I played through all of those games. One, two, three, and Hunters. <laughs> Not Federation Force, actually. That's the one that I'm missing. I probably should pick that up at some point on the, on the 3DS just to have it. And Return of Samus as well. I'm, I'm missing that one. I, I'm missing that one. I, as a Metroid aficionado, I, those are massive holes in my collection of, of Metroid video games there. Anyways, uh, let's, but, but the Metroid Prime series, Quake 3 Arena. I love that game on the Sega Dreamcast. Always played FPS death matches with my with my friends after school. That was four-player action on the Dreamcast. That was beautiful. That was, of course, fantastic. Then, what, what else were we doing? Uh, yeah, the, yeah, I haven't really played much. Doom, Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal. Love those games. Love the core and car, the, the gore and carnage of those two games. The Really, I like FPSs that are over the top. Serious Sam as well. I played through that. The first one. Only the first one. So that that one's a, a good one. I do I did enjoy Serious Sam. And my FPS history since, yeah, there's there's not much. And and it's, like I said, not much is in the realm of kids FPSs. I think the only other one that I can think of is Chex Quest. Because it, it came in cereal boxes in the 90s, and they re-released a 3D version. Uh, not, not a Doom clone version, but a actual, from the ground up, three, three-dimensional version with the dual analog controls and things like that, FPS, on, on PC. So there's Chex Quest. I still have to beat that one, too. That, one, that one's going to be another one that will probably be in this series. But there's, yeah, there's not much as far as for, for children there. And Chex Quest isn't really about educating kids about nutrition or anything like that. It's just a Chex Quest. <laughs> it's just a, a piece of Chex that uh, has a gun. And destroys aliens and things like that that has nothing to do with the cereal or uh, hawking the cereal for the most part or, or the or the mix or the trail mix 
But yeah, there's not much else. I can't think of another FPS that tailors itself to children. Maybe I think there were a couple WiiWare ones back in the day for the Nintendo Wii downloadable games, but I digital games, but I can't think of others aside from that. I'm sure there are some maybe on Steam, but probably not geared towards children because you got to think of the audience for Steam or, or PC. It's mostly hardcore gamers. If you have a gaming PC, you are a hardcore gamer. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You get a hard, you get a gaming PC. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you bought it pre-built or if you built it yourself. All the way, you have entered the threshold of being a hardcore gamer. Because you could be a casual gamer if you, okay, I got. So there's a lot of gamers out there, or a lot of people out there. I mean, I guess casual. Yeah, gamers, casual gamers. We'll, we'll put them there. They're, they play like one, maybe two video games a year. Something like that. And I'm talking about single player, not, not multiplayer games. There's, they'll probably have like one, maybe even two. Let's just say four games. Two of them single player games that they'll, they, they hear about. It's popular and they'll, they'll buy it. And they'll play through it. And then you have like the two other games that they play, which are like multiplayer games that never end. Essentially, it's probably an FPS like Call of Duty or Battlefield. And the other one is probably, I mean, right now, a Battle Royale, probably play Fortnite or whatever. Yeah, that, or a sports game. Or a sports game. It's usually Madden, FIFA, or NBA 2K. And then you have those other people that they play MLB, the show, or NHL. But aside from that, that's what a lot of casual gamers, they buy an Xbox One or a PS4, and, and that's what they're good with. That's what they're good with. But they're not really gamers. They just have a video game console. And maybe it functions as like a Netflix machine, too. But aside from that... They don't really game to find things outside of that realm. Yes, occasionally the, the single player. They might get a Souls game. They might get like a God of War or something like that. But they, they or Spider-Man. But they won't venture too far out from that. And you have the Nintendo gamer. the Basically me, for the for majority of my life. The Nintendo gamer, who I used to be a Sega gamer, and Sega and Nintendo kind of sort of had the same type of fan. There are some, some differences there, but for the most part, that's why Nintendo appealed to me. It's like, okay, this is kind of like Sega. And where you, Nintendo, you know the, the core franchises from Nintendo. And as a Nintendo fan, you for the most part dabble in just those. Your Legend of Zelda's, your Mario's, Pokemon. I haven't gotten into Animal Crossing. That one I'm afraid to get into. <laughs> and then, of course, some of the second tier stuff. Donkey Kong, Star Fox, F-Zero, whenever they get around to making that within the next four decades. Pikmin. You got the, the second tier Nintendo franchise that you're getting into now. So, 
some people, some that some gamers are just that they just have the Nintendo stuff, and that's all they're they're about. That is all they're about. Sometimes they dabble in other franchises here and there, but it's for the most part. And I know I'm getting away from Island Saver at this point, but I'm pretty much done with the review for that game. But this is just my thoughts on gaming in general after that, as far as the different types of gamers and the types of gamers that might enjoy this game. Hardcore gamers. I'm When I think of a hardcore gamer, I think of a gamer that is more open-minded than what used to be a hardcore gamer. I believe the definition of hardcore gamer has changed. Because if you have a gaming PC... That it usually means, now some people are like PC Master Race, but it usually means that you're willing to try out different other types of games. You will play the popular AAA stuff, but you will also venture into indie territory and things like that. And that's, and that's probably the, 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 the difference there that compared to way back when. And I think that transition started towards the end of the PS3, 360, and Wii cycle of, of gaming, when you started to see indie games and more obscure digital releases by published by big-name publishers, that's when the hardcore gamers started trying out those games. Like, oh, this is interesting, this is different. Because at some point, you do... I, there are some... I would personally burn out if I had to play an FPS every single year. I, I can't do it. I can't do a yearly Call of Duty thing. I, it's just not me. Or a sports game. like, like uh, it's, uh, Now, of course, everybody has their vices as far as gaming is concerned. Everybody has their, uh, their games that they will go back to again and again because they are addicting. Me, it's Rocket League, Super Smash Brothers. I play through those a ton. I, I used to play Splatoon a ton, and then I stopped when the other games came by. But yeah, those are the two games that just keep calling back to me. But let, let me go back to my other thing about the, the hardcore gamers. And, and yes, hardcore gamers, I believe, uh, have have distinguished themselves from those other casual hardcore gamers now it's not even hardcore anymore because that used to be the definition but i believe hardcore gamer would consider themselves more of a gaming connoisseur somebody that's not wrapped up in the whole battle between the different consoles somebody that can that can partake in the PlayStations, in the Xboxes, in the Nintendos, or the PC. Heck, even mobile games. Yes. Yes, that is also a taboo thing for a lot of hardcore gamers. As they do not want to talk about mobile games. But there are some good mobile games out there. They do what they're supposed to do. They are built the way they are built. Some of them are compelling, and yes, the microtransactions and the gotcha mechanics are annoying. Are annoying, and but you don't have to partake. 
sometimes you can just enjoy the core game as is. There's one for me. There's one for me that I do play. MLB 9 Innings 20, when I was 21, because we're in 2021. That game is a pretty darn good, simple baseball game that I can carry around in my phone and using BlueStacks, I can play it on my PC, but it's a, it, it looks fairly good for the you know, for what it is you know, on a mobile device. It's surprisingly deep. And you have all the ball, all the trimmings that you would expect from a modern day baseball game is in there. In fact, that game alone is the reason that I was able to avoid buying a sub subpar baseball game in comparison, RBI Baseball. From the reviews that I've seen and the gameplay that I've seen, the MLB 9 Innings 21, which is a free-to-play baseball game that I've yet to spend a dime on, but I have wholeheartedly enjoyed for hours. That game has stuff. So... So mobile games are good. Mobile games are good. It's good for the industry. It's good for competition. Because, okay, maybe your favorite developer is going into mobile games and things like that. Let's take, let's take Konami. Let's take Konami. It's sad that we're going to lose a lot of great franchises because of their pivot towards pachinko and mobile games in Japan. But... Where there is no longer a Castlevania or Metal Gear. There's no longer that. Somebody's going to fill in that hole. Somebody will. It won't be from Konami. It'll be from someplace else. Maybe an indie developer will develop something. And they have. There have been some Castlevania clones already made. Maybe I would not be surprised... If we do get a Metal Gear clone, Hitman already has some stealth action. There will be something in the future that will fill that hole. Now then, as I continue with this review of Island Saber, like I said, the review is pretty much over. For free to play, go and get it, man. Have have fun for, for a weekend. Or you can, yeah, well, you can beat it in one shot if you have a long sit down. It's five and a half hours if you just want to do the, the, the base free to play stuff. Seven hours if you get the extra DLC things. So, it's that's a weekend right there. That's that's two sit downs of, of about three and a half hours each. Okay, that's that's not that's not bad. Two to three sessions right there. And, and where, where, where can you go wrong? Where can you go wrong? All right. I think I can finish this review at this point. I went off on a massive tangent. And there's a lot more I want to say about it. But I will leave that for another entry. Repeat what some of the things that I said. And regardless, thank you everybody for listening to this. I'm FGOJR. You can like, comment, share, and subscribe to me on my YouTube channel. You can try and uh, follow me on Twitch, please. I'd love to get some more Twitch followers there. I got a, uh, I got a nice 
nice, sizable YouTube audience, but my Twitch audience is it's pretty bare bones, and I'd love to, to see some of you guys. I see that I get a lot of people from India, and that country is poised to... I really like, would like to know about gamers in India, uh, that, or, or sports fans in India as well, because my, my other podcast, Sports Goofs, also gets a nice chunk of, of people listening from, from that country, and that's why we've covered some cricket teams. And, of course, cricket is probably the, the, the origin of one of my favorite sports, baseball. So, so there's that. And uh, you can also support me on Epic Games. I'm sponsored by them. Go to the Epic Games Store or Rocket League or Fortnite. You type in my creator code, FJOJR, when you're, when you're checking out the, the item shops in, in either of those games or, on the, on the, or when you're checking out in the Epic Games Store, you, you'll find the, the option there. Just type in my name. It'll help me out. It'll help me out a ton. A ton. And finally, I'm an attorney, immigration law. If you have some questions about that, just find me. Find me on Twitter. You'll find me there. I'm there. You can you can chat me up. Well, folks, that's right now.